You're listening to the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. This is a conversation all about leadership, vision, and joining in God's activity wherever you are. You can follow along with today's episode using the show notes at hopechurchonline.com slash podcast or on your favorite podcasting app. Thanks again for tuning in today. We hope you enjoy this episode. Well, welcome to another episode of the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. My name is Scott Worthington. I have the privilege of leading alongside Pastor Vance here at Hope Church in Las Vegas. Uh, welcome to February of 2020. Uh, if you are listening to this right on um, release day, it is the day after Super Bowl Sunday. I am sitting down here much earlier than the Super Bowl. As you know, we record these earlier um, than, uh, than they're released. And so, uh, Vance, we're sitting here in your office, and right now we have four teams left. We don't even know who's in the Super Bowl, let alone who wins the Super Bowl. So we got the Titans, the Chiefs, the Packers, and the, I'm spacing, 49ers. It's because I hate the 49ers. <laughs> Cowboys fan in the 90s. Anyways, uh, who, who's going to the Super Bowl? And who do you think has won the Super Bowl? Because by the time everyone hears this, it will be already decided. Well, it's obviously already been an incredible NFL playoffs. A lot of upsets already. I think before the playoffs started, uh, the money was on the Baltimore Ravens, you know, and they went out in the first round. And just an unbelievable uh, series of upsets. Uh, With the teams that are left, I'd have to, you know, say it's going to be the Niners and the Chiefs. Um, but it's hard to bet against the Tennessee Titans right now because Derrick Henry is a force to be reckoned mm-hmm. with. Uh, almost 200 yards rushing in back-to-back games in the NFL playoffs. So I would put my money on the Niners and the Chiefs, and I'd have to say I want the Chiefs to win because my son-in-law is a big Chiefs fan, and because of that, my grandkids are already saying Chiefs. So uh, I, I think they, they got – and I'd love to see Andy Reid. I think he's one of those yeah. lifers in the NFL that's had – his coaching tree is unbelievable, and I think um, it'd be great to see him get one. So I think that's – if I was a betting man, which I'm not, but if I was, that's where I'd put my money on the Chiefs. So if that happens and the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl, make sure you, you go on Vance's social media and and give him a thumbs up for for calling it i would have to agree i think it's i would like to actually see um probably the packers and the chiefs my one of my best friends is a packers fan but i'd like to see the chiefs win because i am not a fan of aaron Rodgers. you heard it here first folks <laughs> i 110 percent agree i even have a hard time looking at state farm because of aaron Rodgers. so i 110 percent agree so we need to move on this is not a podcast about football although that could be fun sometime that in the would future. be fun um but we are here as you see in the title of this podcast sailing the seven seas of hiring um see what we did there with the seas we're gonna have some fun talking about some really really cool stuff that that is not just principles for us here at Hope. This is something that we live specifically when it comes to recruiting and hiring people. Um, But before we do that, we're going to push pause on that. If you didn't know, it is officially now out. We had a podcast about it last month, but Vance Pittman's first book, Unburdened, is out to the world. Vance, how you feeling about that? You're now a month into being a published author. (laughs) We uh, we just had a staff meeting, uh, you know, an hour ago where we all got copies and Pretty awesome, significant moment for us as a church and for you. So um, we had a whole podcast about it, but just again, how how you feeling about the book and and all that? Yeah, it's still really surreal. I mean, I'm a I'm an avid reader. Uh, it's something that I you know talk about with our team a lot, reading books. So I read so many books to actually hold a book and have your name on it. It just feels strange because it doesn't seem like it's real. And at the same time, um, I feel a little bit. 
I'm humbled by it because I really feel like it ought to have our church's name on it because I feel like the story of the book and the message of the book has been so birthed out of who we are at Hope and the church here that uh, it feels a little selfish that it's got my name on it. But um, it's yeah, I'm, I'm really honored and humbled and real excited about what, what God's going to do through it. Yeah, this start uh, starting this weekend after you're hearing this podcast, starting February 9th here at Hope, we're doing really the lifeblood of our church, a sermon series we call The Life of Jesus Follower, which is a lot of the content from the book. And so if you're somebody who likes Vance and likes what we're doing here and has been a follower, I encourage you to, to, to log on to hopechurchonline.com um, coming up this weekend. And we're going to be in a, a seven-week a seven study called The Life of Jesus Follower. Um, and that could be something definitely you want to tune into. So uh, we got to move on, get the book, go to Amazon right now. Type Unburdened by Vance Pittman. Grab that book. It will bless you for sure. But we got to move on to the seven C's of hiring. As you know, man, we talked about a lot of things on this podcast. We've talked about ministry. We've talked about family. We did a podcast on health. I love the diversity of what we've done on this podcast. But today on purpose is extremely practical for any leadership position uh, when it comes to looking for people, hiring, and all that. So we are really excited to sail the seven C's of hiring. Vance, what would you add to that? Yeah, I think uh, what you just said is is dead on. I love the content we're going to be talking about today, and I specifically like it because of the practicality, regardless of where you are in leadership. Um, if you're in ministry, in church life, or leading a nonprofit, what we're going to say applies to you. But also, if you are not in ministry, if you are in more the uh, secular world and your position of leadership is in the domain of business or education or athletics or entertainment, I think the vast majority of everything we're going to say today is applicable to you as well. So whether you're hiring staff in ministry or whether you're hiring staff in business or education or sports or whatever it may be, or even if you're in volunteer recruitment where you are building a team, doesn't necessarily have to be staff. A lot of these things will apply to you in recruiting and building a team of people to carry out a task, be that ministry or non-ministry. So I love the practicality of how this applies across the the board. Yeah, so we, uh, we're we excited to jump in. But before we jump in, you know, if you've been following this, maybe this is your first episode and you haven't checked us out, or maybe this is your 26th episode and you've been with us f- from the beginning. But everything we do, everything Vance does uh, is out of the overflow of what God's done in him. And so we want to just kind of start by talking about, is this is this just leadership principles that we pulled out of some leadership book? Or is this something that we really believe is the heart of Jesus? And so uh, Vance, kind of how would you guide us there as we, before we jump into the seven C's? kind of lay a foundation of where this kind of idea comes from. Yeah, I would say for me personally, when you think about Scripture and leadership, the two places in Scripture that have more shaped me as a leader than anything else, one, the first probably would be just the life of Jesus and the Gospels. And we've talked in the past about pursuing Christ's life in the Gospels and what that looks like and gleaning principles from Christ and how he dealt with, managed, and led people um, and raised up leaders, uh, that that's tremendously impacted my life. But probably the second most significant place in Scripture that has impacted me personally as a leader or as a manager 
uh, of others or a developer of others is the book of Proverbs. I established a discipline early on in my Christian journey. Somebody taught me that there were 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, and most months have 31 days or 28, 29, 30 days in the month. And so they taught me to read every day the proverb that corresponds to the day of the month. And if you're listening to this and you are a person in leadership, I just want to challenge you to establish the discipline of daily reading the proverb that corresponds with a day of the month and just let that be a part of the rhythm of your God time. And I think you'll be amazed at the number of leadership principles and the wisdom that God will bring into your life. Let me just give you one quick example, and then we'll get into the content today. But in Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 4, the Bible says this, Where no oxen are, the manger is clean, but much revenue comes by the strength of the ox. A lot of people just skip right over that proverb, but it profoundly impacted me as a leader and manager of others because you're always really having to evaluate that. The principle of the proverb there is where there are no oxen, the manger is clean, meaning this. If you don't have any oxen, any cattle in the barn, there is nothing that you have to shovel. There is no manure that needs to be cleaned up. There's no mess to be dealt with. But at the same time, there's nothing being produced because it's the oxen that that bring the revenue. They allow for the produce to happen. So it goes on to say, much increase, much revenue comes by the strength of the ox. And so as a manager, a biblical wisdom principle is you're always having to evaluate is what's being produced worth what I'm having to clean up and manage by the person that's in that position of leadership. And when the mess that's having to be dealt with outweighs what's being being produced, it's time to make some hard decisions as a leader or manager of others. And that's right out of the book of Proverbs. So there's so much wisdom there. And everything I want to say today is really going to be built out of a couple of Proverbs. One of them is Proverbs 3.13 that said, blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding. And that word blessed in the Old Testament is a word that means happy, content, satisfied. And if you glean these wisdom principles that we're going to share in adding to the team and hiring people on to your staff, you will be blessed. And then the second one is Proverbs 4.23 that says, watch over your heart with all diligence for from it flow the springs of life. And the principle here is on guarding your heart. But when you think organizationally or you think about a church or a ministry, um, the heart of that ministry, the heart of that organization is really established by the leadership. So your gatekeeping of who you bring onto the team is a critical component in you guarding the heart of the organization. And wisdom demands that you do that. So as a leader and a manager, it is imperative that you give in, 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 uh, an unbelievable amount of attention and detail and priority to making sure you're hiring and bringing the right people onto the team. So with that said, we're going to jump in. We are going to sail the seven C's of hiring or recruiting or volunteer, coordinating, however you want to put it, whatever fits your context. But in our context here at Hope Church, as we grow and evaluate our team, we do so around seven key filters. And we're just basically going to name the filter that we walk through, and then we'll kind of give some commentary for the next few minutes as we finish up today. So here's the first one, character. Yeah, and Scott, with each of these, a lot of people talk about the three C's of hiring, and these first three we're going to mention are those three, but over time, we've seen that list evolve and develop into really seven C's that we're looking for, and you said it, the first one is character. And by that, when we're adding to our team here at Hope Church, we want to know that the people that we're adding to our team first and foremost walk in intimacy with God. And this one is a little bit specific to those in a ministry context. 
um, or in a church context, you need to know that the people you're bringing on the team have an intimate fellowship relationship with Jesus, that they are literally living what they are leading. Um, because everything Jesus wants to do in them in leadership and through them, he'll do out of the overflow what he's doing in their life relationally as they spend time with him. I like to think about it this way. The greatest thing anybody brings onto our team is not their creativity. It's not their strategy. It's not their strategic thinking. It's not their input. The greatest thing they bring to our team is their intimate fellowship relationship with Jesus, because that means they know what it means to hear from God and to follow God. And that is imperative. So we want to know from a character standpoint that they walk in intimacy with God. But then there's a second piece of this that is not just applicable to churches and ministries. They also need to live with integrity towards others. Now, for the Christian, for those involved in a ministry leadership position where you're adding to a team or adding to a staff, you can look for those people that are you know they have an intimate relationship with Jesus. I'm not just saying they say I'm a Christian, but they have an intimate fellowship relationship with Jesus. You've evaluated the time they spend alone daily with the Father, and you see that demonstrated in the way they live with integrity towards others. For those in a non-ministry context, a non-church context, I understand you can't always have the filter that I'm only going to hire Christians. I'm only going to hire people who walk with Jesus. But I would challenge you, you better make sure that every person you hire walks with integrity towards other people. They need to be men and women of character who demonstrate integrity towards others. So the first filter is character. And the key question you need to ask is, do they live what they lead? That's good stuff. I've been in those staff meetings you mentioned, you know, saying the most important thing you bring to this team is your intimate love relationship with Jesus. And I've been in those staff meetings where we're all, I mean, we just had one, but we're all going a million miles an hour and we're grinding and we're in a fast paced ministry environment here at Hope. And there's just a collective sigh in the room when we hear that. That's not to say we're not going to do our jobs well. We're not going to pursue excellence, but just to hear that from our pastor and to know that that's the truth, that really we have a lot of skills and creativity and talent, but the most important thing we bring to the table as far as a staff member here at Hope is our character, our relationship with Jesus. I think that's super helpful and probably helpful for you if you're listening, no matter where you're leading, looking for people who, who live what they lead. So what's that second one, Vance? The second one is chemistry. Again, this one's often talked about. And with chemistry, what we're talking about is they must be a relational fit with the team. In a ministry church context, I like to say it this way. I believe convictionally that the kingdom of God runs on the rails of relationships. When you watch kingdom movement, kingdom expansion, it runs on the rails of relationships. And so it's very important that the people that you're doing life with on your either staff team, ministry team, leadership team, relationally fit together as you carry out kingdom work. Equally important, if you're in a non-ministry situation in business, sports, medicine, education, whatever it may be, um, you want to enjoy what you do. And you want to choose people around you that you have a relational fit with. There needs to be chemistry in those relationships, it's very important because there are going to be times when you have to carry the load for somebody else and you need to know that they're in this with you. So chemistry really matters. Do I enjoy spending time with this person? Because I'm about to make a choice to have to spend time with them. So I want to make sure I enjoy it. Now, that mean everybody's got to be best friends, but there needs to be relational chemistry. And the key question to ask is, is he or she a team player? Is he or she a fit relationally? Yeah, it's good. Uh, if you can't, 
If you can't envision yourself having coffee with the person you're about to hire or recruit or going out to a movie or watching a ball game, and that's, you know, one to two hours of your time, like Vance said, imagine grinding with them in ministry or in in your business. And and that's a huge, huge thing. And so um, that's a huge filter, character and now chemistry. Well, Scott, when you, and and not to cut you off, but I guess I did, but the- um, (laughs) Hey, it's uh, your podcast, man. (laughs) When you're talking about this thing of chemistry, when when you're leading an organization, you need to know you're going to face some really high highs and some really low lows. Uh, there are going to be some great days in your organization. There are going to be some really difficult days in your organization. And that's when relationships matter. Relationships matter in those moments that you are down in the hole, in those moments when when um, you're in the pit together and all the challenges are against you. That relational chemistry contact, the relational chemistry fit is so important. So, yeah, I think chemistry is the second one. Character, chemistry, number three competency. Yeah, the third one is competency. And again, this is the third one that a lot of people talk about. Past this one, we'll get into some new things, I think, that are important to us. Um, but uh, when we talk about competency, we we mean that they must possess the essential skills and strengths necessary for the job. And to be totally honest, this one is a challenge for me. And here's what I mean by that. When I meet somebody who has high character and that I have high chemistry with, I can get so caught up in the woo of the relationship and the God factor that I can sacrifice competency. And I'll put somebody on the team because I think, man, I just love hanging out with them. And I just so love their walk with Jesus. But just because somebody is godly and just because somebody relationally connects with you does not mean they're qualified to competently carry out the job or the the task that's being assigned to them. So competency must be evaluated. I thank God for our executive pastor here at Hope Church, who's so good through questioning and interviewing to slice through this competency question that he safeguarded us many times from me making the mistake of just going, let's hire them. I just like them. I love them. I love Jesus in them. And But competency really does matter. They need to be able to do the job you're hiring them to do. So here's the key question. Can he or she effectively do the job? And has he or she been in a similar role before? That's awesome. So character, chemistry, competency. You may have heard those before. Now, as Vance said, we're going to get into some ones you may have not heard. Number four, culture. Yeah, culture to us is something that's really important within an organization. And by culture, here's the statement. They must resonate with our vision frame. Now, if you're not familiar with the terminology of vision frame, we learned it from a book called Church Unique by a friend of mine named Will Mancini. Our church is actually in the book because as he was writing the book, we were doing some consulting work with him. Uh, But Church Unique teaches what's called the vision frame. It's specifically written to help churches establish clarity of mission, vision, and values. But the principles in the book are transferable. Whether you're in ministry or not, there's a lot to be gleaned about the clarity you can learn. But it teaches you how to establish clear mission, values, strategy, and measures. And at Hope, when we bring somebody on the team, either in a staff position or in a volunteer way, we want to know that they resonate with our culture, that their their heart is passionate about the same mission that we have, about the things that we value, about the strategy that we've embraced to carry out that mission, and about the measures, what we really want to see produced um, for us. So, for example, at Hope, we have a really simple strategy in our church. Um, And one of the things that we evaluate in bringing somebody on our team 
particularly our staff team, is there are a lot of churches in the country that do literally a thousand and one different ministry things. If you get their program on a Sunday, you'll see that every night of the week, every afternoon of the week, they have a different program, a different ministry. For us at Hope, we don't want to do that. We've got a very simple strategy, and so we want to make sure that the person we're bringing in fits within the culture of the strategy that we've established at Hope Church. So if it's somebody that's coming from a church where they're used to programming a thousand and one different things, and every year's got to be a new program, new ministry, new launch, that doesn't fit our culture. And if you don't evaluate them from a culture standpoint, you're headed for confrontation and conflict because what's going to happen is you bring them into your organization, whether it's ministry or non-ministry, there's going to be a collision of culture that takes place. And when there's a collision of culture, somebody's got to give or somebody's got to go. And that's a challenging thing. So culture really matters. So here's the key question. For us, the way we ask it at Hope Church is, is he or she making disciples? that make disciples. And then here's a way that you could ask this in a non-ministry context. Does he or she resonate with the stated values of this team? Do they value what we value? If they don't have our shared values, at Hope Church, we say it this way, values drive our decisions and decisions shape our lives. So if you don't understand our values, you won't understand our decision making. And so it's imperative that these people that you're bringing on the team understand the culture and they share the culture as it pertains to mission, value, strategy, and measures. That's great. And so maybe you heard that one and you start thinking, man, they have such a bullseye on what they're doing at Hope Church. I don't have that for my team, my organization, my business, my church. Um, That's a whole nother podcast. You can actually find that. I'll put that in the show notes. We did a whole podcast on that. Um, But the second question you have to ask yourself as you're looking to hire or recruit somebody, what is your culture and how does this person fit in your culture? Do they fit in your culture? That's a huge, huge thing. Don't look past that um, because they have great character and chemistry and competency, but they don't fit your culture. These all kind of are interdependent. So character chemistry, competency, culture, number five, Vance. Number five, yeah, you just said it, is calling. And uh, again, this one's a little unique to a ministry or church context. And when I say it in the context of of that, of of ministry, I'm really speaking to the issue of I want to know that they've heard clearly from God. Um, I think in a previous podcast, we talked about what it means to clearly hear from God. And I gave those three things that I look for in my life, which is um, I want to have a word from the word. I want to have circumstances and counsel that line up with that. And I want a sense of peace and rightness in my heart. And when all three of those things line up and point in the same direction, I can know clearly that I've heard from God. I want to know that the person who's joining our staff team, both either in a staff relationship or as a volunteer in ministry, that they've heard clearly from God. Because here's the thing. When you're in ministry, calling trumps everything. There are going to be days you want to quit. I've been at Hope Church now for 19 years, and most people from the outside looking in would look at Hope Church and say, man, great success. It's it's glorious. It's awesome. But here's what I'm telling you. 19 years, I would have quit a thousand times because there have been challenging days, difficult days, hard days, frustrating days. But the bottom line is I've been called by God to be here. So I can't stop what I didn't start. If I'd chosen to do this, I could choose to do something else. But God called me. And I want to know that the people who join our team have heard clearly from God and God has called them. 
Now, again, if you're in a non-ministry context in business or, or, or education or the medical community, whatever it may be, you may not necessarily be able to hire people and say, hey, have you heard God speak to you in this way? Have you heard God's call to do this? But I would say this to every person that's listening as a leader. Sometimes we over-spiritualize church jobs and think, oh, well, people are going to take a job at a church. They need to hear clearly from God. But here's what I would tell you. If you're a Christian listening to this, you should always make sure that you hear clearly from God before you accept a new position. Don't just look at the money. Don't just look at the circumstance for your family. Don't just look at how it benefits your kids or their future. All those things are important. But at the end of the day, the best place to be is the center of the will of God. So when you're in the position of being hired, if you're a follower of Jesus listening to this, whether you're in ministry or not, what matters is, is God calling you to take this step? Have you heard clearly from him that this is what's next for you? And I think every believer, regardless of whether or not they're working in a church or in, in, in the business world or the sports world or the educational domain, whatever it may be, you need to hear clearly from God. So that's the fifth one that we look for is that sense of calling. If that interest you to talk uh, as he talked about hearing from god that's actually episode 20 again it's it's an amazing podcast just real practical uh, just a filter as you look uh, how to hear from god a lot of people hear that and it's really scary I don't, I don't know the will of god episode 20 that's the whole episode so you can go back just a few episodes and listen to that um we've arrived at our sixth c so we got character chemistry competency culture calling what's number six number six is context uh, i grew up in alabama I now live in Las Vegas, Nevada. What I've had to learn is that every context is unique. I now live in a context, and our church here at Hope is extremely multi-ethnic. We have 54 languages represented in our fellowship. It's extremely multi-generational. Our city is in a largely pre-Christian, unchurched context, and we're located in the western United States. So for us at Hope Church, when we're hiring, we want to make sure that this person understands and desires a multi-ethnic, multi-generational, pre-Christian context in the Western United States. And when we've sacrificed this, uh, we've hired some people at times who fit a lot of these other C's, but they weren't totally in on the context and they've always been short-term. They wanted to go back home. They wanted to go back where they were from. They weren't ready for the sacrifice of a new context. Um, and so it's a major filter for us in hiring and adding people to the team. So if you're in a ministry context, your context is unique. If you're in a non-ministry context, you're in a unique context that could either be determined geographically, demographically, uh, the type of business that you are, and you need to understand your context. If you've never given some time to thinking about what is our context— and then adding people to the team who fit that context, you need to make sure you do that. So here's the question we ask. Can he or she thrive in our unique ministry context? What Vance said there is he said, if you've never taken a few moments to understand your context, he said that kind of throughout this whole podcast. Maybe, maybe this podcast isn't for you necessarily about the seven C's. Maybe this podcast is, I've been listening, I've been jotting down some notes, just about you thinking critically about wherever you're serving, wherever God has you leading, have you, have you kind of just been going day to day or have you actually thought about, you know, underneath the layers of some of these things? Because in order to, to really sail these seven seas as you look to recruit and hire, you got to think deeper than just the day to day of your leadership, wherever you're leading. And so I think that's been another takeaway that I didn't really expect, Vance, that I think is really cool for people to evaluate. So uh, we only got a couple minutes left before our time is over. We have one more C. So we've just to recap, character, chemistry, competency, culture, 
calling, context, what's that last C? The last one is capacity. And by that, I mean they must possess the leadership aptitude for the job today and in the future. And this is specifically applicable if you're a growing organization. Uh, the, the, the ministry that I lead here in Las Vegas is a rapidly growing organization. And so if I hire somebody today to our team and I don't evaluate their capacity from not only where we are but where we're going, that's a very short-term decision. Uh, because I know that we're growing, and if we're growing, we're going to be in a place next year further than where we are this year, and I need to make sure that I've hired someone with a capacity to grow with the organization. When you don't hire thinking about capacity, you make that short-term decision, and it always leads to confrontation with one of two outcomes. If you hire somebody who only has the capacity for today, and you've not evaluated them on their capacity to grow with the organization, then here's the one of two outcomes. You're either going to wind up in dismissal where you let them go because they can't grow with the organization or you wind up with demotion where you have to bring somebody in over them to manage them because they don't have a capacity to go to the next level. So thinking about capacity is very important. And here's the key question. Can he or she handle the scope and eventually increase in their scope of this job? So I hope this has benefited you. I have a a cool announcement that we're going to actually start with this podcast. We're going to be developing an episode guide that you will actually be able to download, maybe sit with your team. Basically, it's kind of the notes that Vance and I have before us right now, just to kind of walk through, maybe take some notes. And then as you have uh, meetings with your team, you can kind of walk through that. Uh, We've had some requests for uh, some more detailed episode uh, uh, notes. And so we're going to put that together in an episode guide. So you'll be able to download that wherever you found this podcast. And uh, yeah, also and review us. It really helps get the word out. Again, keep sending us your questions if things come up as you listen. Uh, Also, just keep letting us know you're liking the podcast, what you'd like to hear. Uh, 2020 is going to be another great year on the podcast, and we're excited about the content. Uh, Vance, any any parting words before we say goodbye until March? No, I would just, uh, the last thing I would say is this, that um, the the more your organization grows and you find yourself at the top of the, the leadership scale, the more time you will spend in hiring and recruiting and adding to the team. Uh, I'm, I'm shocked every day at how much time myself and our executive pastor wind up investing um, in just simply filling seats on the team. And there's not anything you'll do that is more important. When you have an opening on your team, that needs to become priority A on your list. Everything else needs to fall behind that. And you need to do that through the filter of these seven C's as you make that decision. Awesome. So thank you once again. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Let us know how we can help you. Go grab Unburdened on on Amazon right now by Vance Pittman. And we'll catch you next episode on the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. Thanks again for joining us for the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. You can find all the show notes on your favorite podcasting app or at hopechurchonline.com slash podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. We will be releasing a new episode on the first Monday of every month to help you and your teams lead like never before.